welcome to the Bladcast. Bladcast 201. Uh, it is I, Christian Blatt, on Twitter at ChristianDMZ. The guys, as you know, the other hosts here of the show, uh, Agent Starling and Captain EO, still recuperating from a combination of Bladcast 200 and far too much turkey, but uh, we'll have them back soon. We'll have our pal Coltrane back soon, too. I'd like to act like it's a surprise who is on the show, but that music that we started with should have been some kind of indication. And also, the simple fact of the matter is, if you're listening to this, you've either downloaded it with the title clearly on display, or you're streaming it with the same sort of title just staring at you. So very exciting that uh, we have with us for essentially the entire hour, the one and only Dennis Miller, who we'll be speaking to in a few minutes. Uh, This is sort of the kind of thing that I was thinking of doing a little bit more with the Black Cast after the radio show ended, and I have this microphone uh, heading out and doing more mobile shows, as it were. I mean, we've done a few at my house or Agent Starling's house, but the idea of actually getting to do some, you know, other locations, Dennis was kind enough, gracious enough to invite not just me into his home, but all of you are in his home uh, during the course of the conversation that we had. And it was a great chat. It was a bit of a far-reaching conversation, a little political, and we get to a lot of questions that were posted on Facebook by you, the DMZ listeners. Obviously, not everybody listening right now to the Blackcast was a DMZ listener. But uh, that was the premium membership of the Dennis Miller Radio Show, which we did together for eight years. We're practically on point for the 10th anniversary of the launch of the show, which is a little bit odd to think about celebrating when you only did eight years, but at the same time, still kind of exciting to think about, and I uh, look back on it very fondly, and as you'll hear, Dennis does as well, and obviously he likes hearing from each of you who posed questions. Uh, Before we get to that, some business at hand. Make sure that you like The Blackcast on Facebook, follow at Blackcast on Twitter, and Instagram. That's right, we're on Instagram now, and uh, we hope to get some more pictures up there, at Blackcast on Instagram. As I mentioned, I'm Christian DMZ on Twitter and Instagram, but uh, you can find The Blackcast there, at Blackcast, and of course, Blackcast.com, and... As I think I'm going to be schooled on within the course of this episode, it's always important to spell out Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, that's Blackcast.com, and uh, I think it's also worth noting that uh, one of the other shows that I host, it will now be called The Trump Report on AfterBuzz TV, that'll be Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern, Uh, It's also downloadable as an iTunes podcast, or you can watch it on YouTube after the fact. And uh, we'll be uh, talking politics there with uh, some of the same people that I did the Trump versus Hillary show with. Uh, Our friend Agent Starling, he has his own podcast called The Motivation Report. It's at Motivate Report if you want to follow it on Twitter. And also you can just find it on SoundCloud, which may be where you're listening to the Blackcast. So it'll be very easy for you 
to add the motivation report. It comes out every two weeks, and the length of the episodes range from about 20 to 40 minutes. So, you know, just like the Black Cast. I would love to promote something else for Captain EO, um, but as I look here, it says EO, no plugs. However, our special guest, Mr. Dennis Miller, has plugs. Dennis will be out with Bill O'Reilly and Jesse Waters in Tulsa, January 13th, Reading, Pennsylvania, January 14th, Omaha, March 24th, Tacoma, March 25th, the day before the aforementioned 10-year anniversary of The Dennis Miller Show, and there will be two shows in Westbury, New York, June 17th. That's Dennis, Bill O'Reilly, and Jesse Waters. I think uh, those are great shows. Uh, I haven't been to see any of them with Jesse, but uh, Dennis and The Officer O'Reilly do some great shows. So check those out. More information, boulderfresher.com. I actually forget what the name of the tour is. Uh, they kind of change the name of it every year. It's not Don't Be a Pinhead. Oh, it's the Spin Stops Here Tour 2017. So uh, we have all of our plugs in the way. Uh, or <laughs> a little Freudian slip there. The plugs were in the way preventing you from hearing my chat with Dennis Miller. But uh, all the plugs are out of the way. So it's really time for me to step aside and let you marvel in the dulcet tones of my conversation with Mr. Dennis Miller. Uh, Joining me now is uh, Dentist... Miller? Oh my God, it's Dennis Miller. How are you, sir? <laughs> my old crony. How are you? Uh, doing great. Uh, thanks so much for uh, making the time to what be on. What podcast is this? This is friend? the Blackcast, and this is Blackcast 201, because you're too big to be part of Blackcast 200. Wow, I feel like I've been overlooked. So you, you reached a momentous moment. 200 Blackcast. Yeah. Who did you have to go with that? Uh, we had uh, a bunch of friends of the show. Uh, Rob Lorich. Uh, actually, Rob Lorich was unavailable, uh, but he had Gene Simmons leave a message. Gene Beretta, Carl from New Hampshire, oh, so didn't the, answer the phone. Yeah, so. The Rat Pack. Show. It was the Rat Pack. So, oh, right. uh, well, I'm glad to be able to start the next, uh, the next, the next two, the next, yeah, the next hundred. Let's not be uh, overly ambitious and expect uh, two hundred more. Uh, well, I want to uh, dive into something very important. I'm sure anybody tuning in really wants to know what you think about Lenny Dykstra's book. <laughs> that book was stunning. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> um, he was a pain in the ass, but he was also a guy you feel, and I don't, the latter half of the book, I don't believe the thing he yeah. said almost, uh, but uh, when he wasn't being completely disingenuous, I found him amazingly candid. Yes. And uh, he also was a guy I think you'd want to go into uh, an alley with, <laughs> much less between two chalk lines. <laughs> uh, you know, he's a tough guy, and I think he was a gamer. I didn't like that he chilled Ronnie Darling a little, because I like Darling, but uh, he, uh, I think he said that he was a bit of a whiner and overthinker. But I even think Ron would concede that if you've read his books. So all in all, I thought the Dykstra book was a, uh, a 9 out of 10. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And there was a certain point where I think I even talked to you about this after I finished it. As I got uh, closer to the end, I was like, I'm kind of tired of uh, having Lenny in my head right now. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And then it just sort of ran out of gas for me. But, yeah, uh, ironically, it was nails on a chalkboard <laughs> eventually. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, you talked about uh, Ron Darling had a, a great book, too, yeah. about the two great games. Books. Those, yeah, those were two very different books, but uh, from two great uh, 86 Mets. 
Uh, now on the Blackcast and on a, uh, a show that I do about the Mets for AfterBuzz TV, I talk a lot about the Mets. Now you ended up watching a lot more Mets games because your son's a fan. Yeah, and, and I uh, used to like the Mets way back when. I was a Choo Choo Coleman, sure. Jesse Gonder fan at the beginning of the Mets. And uh, I was a Seaver fan. Yeah, of I course. I thought he was an amazing bulldog. And uh, Kuzman I liked, Gentry. I, I liked uh, that four. I was enamored of that uh, quartet of pitchers, uh, Nolly Ryan. I remember he used to get the, uh, the calluses, so he would dip his hand after the games in jars of pickle juice. Right. And uh, so I liked that quartet. But I've been recently reacquainted because my son lives in New York and adores the Mets, so I, you know, it's a father-son sport. Sure. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. And uh, I, I dragged poor Felix. He was, I think, nine months old, and we went to uh, Petco Park in San Diego. There was a, an outing of Mets fans. If you've ever seen the big section where they're all in orange shirts, called the Seven Line, they had a section in uh, Petco Park, and uh, he was not at all put off by the crowd. So uh, yeah. he, he had Quite fun. Quite frankly. Uh, I would entrust Felix to throw more runners out than Travis Darno. So I am hoping they suit him up next year. That, that's true. Put him in. <laughs> but uh, it's so 100% of the baseball games Felix has been to, Bartolo Colon hit a home run. So I don't know if I want to tamper with that success rate. Uh, Not funny. Uh, and he's, uh, now he'd have to, you'd have to take him to a brave game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good salute to you, Bartolo, yeah. if you're out there listening to the Blad. He's cast. a huge fan, so uh, uh, I, I would expect him to. Lame, he did yeoman's work for the Mets. Yeah. Uh, one other book that I don't know if you've had the time to read, but uh, more for the listeners if you haven't, uh, our friend Norm McDonald has a book called Based on a True Story, and it's about his life. I started but it and couldn't he, read it. Okay. He makes up I a, love Norm. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I'm, I'm so fascinated by Lauren, uh, Lauren, Norm as an individual. The faux biography yeah. uh, quotient I, of it didn't really work I do agree me. that I would have liked an actual, like, well, tell me, tell me about you and He's whatnot. He's a genius. But, yeah. It's just that that, uh, that tact was <laughs> not what I wanted. Yeah. Well, you know, he can get started on the next book. Uh, so we're talking here. It's the uh, end Norm, of... Norm, I hope if you hear this, you, you know I obviously love you and think you're a genius. It's just... I'm so enamored of you in and of yourself and the way your mind works that the fictional biography was, I don't know, just didn't say to me. Yeah. Um, maybe the next book he'll write as his character from his film Dirty Work, you know, if he wants to go with uh, <laughs> fictional. Uh, so as we're talking here, it's the end of November, and it's uh, just before uh, Christmas time, and what I remember from the radio show was how much... The Christmas season always puts you in a, in a good mood. So when it starts to be Christmassy in your mind, is there a movie, a song, an old special, anything you put on right away, or does it yeah, just I like sort of... White Christmas sure. uh, the most, and some people like It's a Wonderful Life, but I like Der Bingle, sure. and uh, even I'm Danny Kaye, and I'm fascinated by Vera Ellen's waistline, which is like <laughs> 16 inches or something, and Roe Clooney's is around... Well, it's different than 16 inches, so uh, the, the difference between their waistlines fascinates me just in a silhouette sense. And, of course, Bing utters my favorite line when he comes back from town with the letter from the Pentagon where the general's awaiting word on active service. And uh, he's, Bing's like, what am I thinking? I got a letter here from the postman. Hands it to him, the general opens it, and uh, he can't read it because he doesn't have his reading glasses. He hands it back to Der Bingo, and Bing like, puts it out and pulls it to his face, out in, out in, and goes, starting to play a little trombone myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have, I have not uh, 
dove in yet, but uh, I'll see how much the, the boy can sit through that. He likes uh, bright cartoons and things, and he's usually good for about 20 minutes. So I think he might be well, more White of a... Christmas is certainly colorful, but yeah. I don't know that it'll mean much to him yeah. when you put it up against the Grinch. The one I don't get, and I know people love it, I can't make it through it, but then again, there are some films like that that I, some people love and I just can't... I, I don't know, maybe my quote is filled for Thanksgiving or Christmas films I love... Uh, I can't watch the Christmas story one. Yeah, I remember you telling me you tried a couple times. So it's I not feel like, like I'm pissing people off because I know some people that's, that is Christmas to yeah. them. I'm not trying to be a smartest. It just doesn't grab me right off the bat. Although I've met that. Didn't we meet that kid one night? Or he came uh, to Peter one of my Billingsley, shows. Peter Billingsley, I think. Uh, yeah, because he, he was friends with, with Favreau. We, he hangs with uh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn and Favreau. And he produced the... Favreau used to do that show on IFC called Dinner for Five. And he was a producer of that. And yeah, he's he's tight with those guys. Yeah, so, what a yeah. trippy scene. Yeah. I was in Nashville at that famous theater where Elvis played. And all it was the original Grand Old Opry. I'm just blanking Is on it. Is it the Ryman? A, yeah, the Ryman yeah. Auditorium. And uh, Vince comes backstage. I didn't even know he's in town after the show <laughs> to say hi. And I'm looking at the cat with him, thinking, I know that guy. Is that the German guy from the original Flight of the Phoenix? Or who, <laughs> who is that guy? And then it turned out to be grown-up Peter Billingsley. Yeah. Known as, known as Ralphie in the movie. Uh, well, you know, I don't want to dive too deep into it, but I do want to talk to you a little bit about uh, President-elect Trump. Mm-hmm. And uh, He's you know, wearing a hat now. This is 45 <laughs> on it. It's like, I love you that. You talk about trolling people. <laughs> yeah. guy, He's just like, I oh. love the fact that my president now knows how to troll people. Yeah. No, exactly. And, it, and it, it's uh, he's he could teach a master class in it. And I think there was a point in the summer where I was like, oh, I feel pretty confident he's going to win. And I don't know exactly what happened in my head because it wasn't just the mainstream media. It was like everybody like, oh, yeah, it's not happening. And so I was legitimately surprised, which I feel like that's not usually the case. Uh, leading up to it, did you feel like, oh, there's a chance? Yeah. Or did you just think, yeah, that's where you I was? I, I voted, as I said, for two years. God, I might even said that on the radio in our last messages. I was voting for not Hillary. Yeah. I think she's a horrific human being. And But I wasn't going to go on record saying who I was voting for because I think we live in weird times if you're a public figure. Sure. Like uh, there's a lot of people out there who deem themselves to be caring, and they wish you dead if you're not as caring as they are. So I just shut up about it and always said, I'm voting for not Hillary. Now, I do remember in the latter stages of it, after I talked to a few bright people, I had sort of of bended, at least with my wife, on the, uh, I I thought she would win because I thought she best represented America right now. Sort of a, like a fuck up who's blameless. You know what I mean? That's American right now. Everybody thinks they're at the center of the universe, and yet they'll assume no blame. And I thought, well, she's perfectly right. I don't think she's a woman for all seasons, but I certainly thought she was a woman for this season. Then a couple weeks out, somebody told me, a smart guy, I see his name in the running for uh, a cabinet post now. He said, I don't know. He said, I think they're starting to get that Brexit feeling in their internal polling. And I said to my wife, I remember saying, well, I, even the day of the election, I said, I think she'll win. But if there's 5% of people out there who are afraid to say who they're voting for, he'll win. But I think it's more like 2%. And yeah. if it's a close election, I guarantee you she's going to win. I do believe they rigged the balloting. So, uh, you know, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised that night. I'm not a Hillary fan. And I say this about Trump and Hillary. Trump's uh, outer voice is frequently garish, bordering on grotesque, 
but I do think it's an accurate representation of his inner voice. And yeah. I think a lot of it is funny and smart, but I do think there's missteps where I go, jeez. But I do think it accurately reflects his inner voice. Hillary's inner voice and outer voice have never even had a cup of coffee together. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, even even people who you know had voted for Hillary or didn't expect it, uh, even even our old friend Salman, I talked to him after the election, and he definitely conceded to me that it was really enjoyable to watch the way media certain media types reacted to the fact that Trump won. Uh, he told me I had to seek it out. Uh, Rachel Maddow was audibly gasping when they would, like, it, she wasn't on camera. She wasn't even had her mic on, but they would call a state, like, you know, Pennsylvania goes Donald Trump, and you could hear in the background, <gasps> and uh, for me, I thought uh, it was entertaining that, you know, uh, Stephen Colbert, who I think is very funny, but he had this live special on Showtime. Yeah, I don't know anything about him. Yeah. I have never watched his... Is he funny? I think occasionally I'll see things on uh, hot air or right. something. They'll show a clip, and it always seems so preachy. You know, like I think well, I should watch him, but then I don't stay up late. Right. And I wasn't predisposed to watch the, the Colbert Report because that whole thing about uh, not that it's a rally, a rally. I think had a sense of humor about it. it it's just. I don't know. I, I'm not addicted to nightly shows yeah. and that. So I didn't. I don't know his work, but every time I see a clip, I go, oh, "Let's see what this is about this guy." And it's always it's not funny. It's sort of preachy. Well, it, it's it's very preachy. Uh, and Seth I mean, Myers I've, was crying. Seth Myers. See, was, I don't take yeah. politics honest to God, Christian. I have my likes and dislikes, but we were on the radio for enough years. There were days I got pissed off about sure. it. But did you ever? Were you? Have you ever been within a million miles of crying over? Somebody like Hillary Clinton. Literally. That that was the thing that I uh, that I couldn't imagine. Like Hillary Clinton was never going to cry for you, you know, in, yeah, in any I see, scenario. You see kids and Seth, and they're acting like they're behind a sawhorse outside the plaza when the Beatles are there. It's Hillary Clinton for God's sakes. At the very least, concede she's the most disenchanted. You know, it's twenty five years on the stage. It's time to recast. She's boring hack politician. Yeah, and I think that. You know, in in the wake of that, it's so there was Colbert and uh, uh, Seth Meyers, mm -hmm. and then you know SNL opens with this uh, with Kate McKinnon as Hillary Clinton. She sings the Leonard Cohen song Hallelujah, and everybody shared it on uh, social media. And I was just like, that's great and all, but I thought is that, it great? No, 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 no. See, it's great that you I mean. want to share everybody it. Does these You're right. Uh, it's great that it made you feel that way and you felt like it was important. What I wanted to see was some jokes. Yeah. And there was actually a really funny sketch later in the show that with uh, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock, uh, just you know how the white people couldn't believe that mm. there were racists in well, America. Politics like are yeah. highly ridiculable. Yeah. But it would appear over there that they take them serious. I, I, I don't get that. I, yeah. I, I hope Trump fixes the country. It's certainly worth a roll of the dice. I don't know that he'll fix all of it. But to me, under the, uh, the liberal approach for the last 50 years from the Great Society on, you're now having 12 kids shot a weekend in Chicago. Yeah. I, if they can get that to 10, I'm a happy man. This, this, this Great Society approach where they've removed the patriarch out of the family unit and replaced it with the federal government has led to a 73% single parent rate in black America. 
in the inner cities, that, that boggles yeah. the mind. That's a cataclysm for a group of people. So all these people say, well, you know, you're a racist because, no, I'm not. I, I find it racist that you don't want to change that approach. We've got to try something. So we'll see what Trump has. You know, this whole thing, it always cracks me up when they say Trump is Hitler-like. And, uh, you know, obviously the flashcard on Hitler is the li systematic liquidation of six million fellow humans. Yes. But if you ever say that, if you go, when you say Hitler-like, do you mean you think he's going to round people up and start killing them? And he obviously won't make it to six million, but is that what you're saying? And they go, no, I didn't mean that. Yeah. And you go, oh, you were dialing in on a, one of the, the, some of Hitler's subtextual stuff. Hit, the, Hitler's uh, failed painting yeah, career. Yeah, the painting yeah. career, the bad mustache <laughs> choice. I'm sorry. I misassumed when you said Hitler-like. Yeah. You were... And you know, I think, and then you always, you can always back that up and say, listen, that's never happened. There's only been one time when they systematically rounded up people and they didn't kill them. It was FDR at the beginning of World War II, took 124,000 Asian American, Japanese Americans and put them in internment camps on the Upper Peninsula of California. They always, they're stupefied when you hear that. You go, what? And they go, well, they weren't. Japanese people here on student visas, they were Japanese American citizens rounded up and put in internment camps. And Trump's not even going to do that. And they, they, then they get all confused. And that's where it usually gets hateful. Where yeah, they'll say, because that's the point. You're where, a fucking racist. You know, yeah. it gets hateful. You, you, it's best when I'm at parties now, I just shake my hand and go, you're right. Because no, I know they want me to come up out of the water like a tarpon off monitor in the Keys, and I just won't do it. <laughs> you know, and they say Obama's the best man, best president ever. I just look at him and go, you're right. <laughs> and then if you just say you're right and hang in there for three seconds and, like, flatten your glare out and give no iris flare, nothing, complete tabula rasa, and just look at me, you're right, the best. <laughs> and after three seconds, they always say, what are you, fucking with me? <laughs> <laughs> you get them to say it. Uh, they, they know. Uh, so, obviously, not exactly Hitler, but uh, Fidel Castro, a really bad guy. What a pig. What an awful person. And Remember when Sp we were on the radio and yeah. Spielberg went down, and I was saying, what the fuck is he thinking? And I know you're not supposed to say anything no. about Steven Spielberg. And I've met him, and he's a nice guy. It's some great films. What the fuck is he thinking going down there and meeting with that yeah. monster? It's unbelievable. I, I, by the way, the information continues to leak in. Evidently, he died from a complete cardiac arrest. He was at the Havana Costco arguing over the last pair of 52 irregular fatigues on a big <laughs> khaki pallet with another morbidly obese Conrad, and he stroked out. <laughs> I think it was one of those things where, I don't know, I guess to me, maybe I'm just uh, more naive than I should be. I was just, I, I, the, the flashpoint in my mind is Fidel Castro, bad guy. And then he dies, and it, I'm not even talking about famous people, just friends saying, like, you know, he, what a champion of democracy he was. And they're the same people that are talking about, you know, how terrible Trump is. And I'm just like, Horrible, yeah. I, I don't even, I can't even relate and it's like this is exactly That's why, why I say I, agree and keep yeah. moving I, it's I just so say crazy. nothing it's like it's, so you're right yeah I would say Castro good Trump Hitler <laughs> you're right and just yeah. keep moving because it's nuts at that point Castro's one true genius was the ability to keep the Cuban economy so down over the last half century that a cat five hurricane could hit the island spot on and only cost $38.87 in property <laughs> damage. That's it, the, Raul was asked the community to now set their hot plates at half mass for the next two weeks.
And I guarantee you the one car in that country from not from 1955 will be the hearse that they deliver that fat fuck to the mausoleum in. Oh, that's going to be all tricked out. Yeah, it's, that's uh... going to be tricked my hearse. You're right. Uh, they, I heard Biden's disappointed because he thought he had been told they were going to go see Cuba. And they told him, now that's off. And he said, gee, that's a bummer. I love Jerry Maguire. <laughs> I, uh, what I, uh, one thought that I was going to say is like, you know, to your point about not saying anything or just agreeing. I agree with them. Yeah, agree. Don't do it archly. No. And they know you're pissed on. You have to do it very Because if you say like, oh yeah, he's the best. That's so obvious. No, and then it's that's, so, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful Zen exercise. I find it. People are always doing TM in that. Yeah. I can literally draw solace out of making that delivered to the point where they have to seize it and trash it. Because you haven't done any of the lifting for yeah. him. There is a way to flatten it. I go, yeah, he is, Castro is great. And then <laughs> Trump. And then they have to take, there's yeah. a great moment where you can see them sort of their, their inner Rube Goldberg of malice thing starts to crumble. And they have to grab it and say, well, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> But uh, yeah, the day after the election, I was just, uh, I looked and I was just like, okay, I got, I got nothing to say to any of these people. I'm like, here's a picture of uh, my baby eating spaghetti. So it's like, that, that's what I, that's my contribution. To that's the world. enough to piss them off. Yeah. Well, it kind of was actually, because it was, it, you know, it's usually like, these are serious times. This isn't right. the time for a baby to eat spaghetti. You know, he should be crying and in counseling. And, and he isn't even in yet. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. It's another six, seven weeks, right? Let them get yeah. in for yeah. a day before it's like, yeah, yeah. no, I know. Silly. Like I said, the point now, if if people are still suffering, uh, here's what I would say about the conservatives or people predisposed to try a different approach, maybe not even conservative, but we're sick of the Clinton-Obama approach. If you spend any part of your day now doing anything but delighting in their discomfort, if you still get mad when they like this recount, if you still get yeah. mad about you, you, you've missed the point. This is the Lord of the Flies now. There's going to be no coming together. It's who has the conch. For eight years, we didn't have the, is it conch or conch? I mean, I never know that word, but you know what I mean? In the, you had to have the conch in uh, Lord of the Flies right, to, to speak yeah. and be heard. They had the conch for eight years. We shut up and took our medicine. We have the conch now. If you spend any part of your day being uptight to Jill Stein wants a, you've <laughs> yeah. missed the point. That's over now. Yeah. You can delight in it if you want, but you can't be really pissed about it because then you're going back to where you were before, when you were out of, uh, you didn't have the conch. And you, there should be some change between having what you want and not having what you want. And if you don't do that, you're not growing as a person. But I mean, you know, I guess uh, for that segment of the population, it's the age of we always get what we want. You know, they should re-record the Stone song. It's so, you know, you can always get what you want, and you know, professors canceling classes well, have and to rethink pizzas. what they want if they get this. Yeah. If they overturn that election, oh, you know as well as I do what happens. I mean, really, it's a. Uh, well, maybe we don't know. I thought about this the other day because I was doing that pat thing in my head where I thought, well, there'll be a civil war, won't there? And then I thought, I don't, I don't know that there would be. I think conservatives, ironically, are too civil to have yeah. a civil war. I, I, I think she could sort of bluff her or just insist her way into that. Is that possible? I mean, I think it's possible. Does somebody arrest her at some point or when she shows up at the inauguration and tries to... 
This it seems like we're so deferential to those people. Yeah. I was thinking, well, take it to the lot, take it to the nth degree. Right. The, the you know uh, what is it called, reductio absurdum. And uh, what could happen? Right. I thought, they both, well, she could show. They up. both show up on January twenty. Walk up two on the platform. And, yeah, and, and everybody's so used to what's well, Hillary and Bill. What do we do? But <laughs> I guess at some point somebody grabs them and says, "You have well, to go. We home. have to take you to the pokey now." Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, I, I think that, you know, obviously there was the money raised for the recount, but, it, you know, there's, you know, you can say what you want about Al Gore. That was a close enough uh, result that, okay, they wanted to recount it. It didn't seem to take that long. And, you know, George Bush won by a few hundred, but this is 70,000 or more. Now, can I say what I want about Al Gore? You can, absolutely. You no, no. I'm seizing on these little interstitial yeah. sinews that people put on yeah. conversation. Sure. Bad guy. Oh, I would, yeah. Horrible guy. I wouldn't he, want to give him a massage. Lecturing the world on what they, their energy use should be, and he has a bigger carbon footprint than Emmett Kelly with plantar fasciitis. <laughs> you know, and he's going to lecture people? Yeah. Bad guy. Yeah. And you know what? He shouldn't have conceded. If you wanted a recount, yeah, just take well, to, the recount. To have to call W back yeah, and be so like, "Hey, I, you I know, know how I conceded? I got to take it I back." I don't yeah. view him as. Uh, you oh know. no, but I mean that like those numbers were there was something there. Yeah, but then don't so concede. Yeah, don't? right, exactly. Just uh, concede or don't. Yeah, I wouldn't have been pissed if he said, "I'm not conceding. It's too close." Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, you conceded, but we'd ordered balloons, you know. I yeah, mean, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, one final political question uh, before we uh, move to some questions from our old friends in the mm -hmm. DMZ. Uh, you uh, very uh, you popularized the term amongst uh, us at the radio show, uh, America 180. Do you feel like we're still there? Mm -hmm. uh, are we just sort of prolonging that inevitable, or is it just too hard to tell? With well, I think my fatalism is no longer cute. Uh, I was reacquainted with John Doe on November 8th. I had forgot, yeah. and I was judging the country harshly. So for me to just move on now and insist that it's going to be the worst-case scenario like I thought it was is a little precious. So I'd have to say I, I don't know. Do I think it's pretty far down the road where it's going to take some pretty amazingly bodacious things to get it headed back the other way? Yeah, I do. I think we've reached some odd tipping point where the country's sort of helpless and think about her getting two million more votes not in the guise of winning the election right that, just that, that, that that's that crazy when they bring yeah. that when obama brings up you want to go well, you're the president for yeah. christ's sake aren't you a constitutional professor you know that it's not has nothing yeah. to do with that but just beyond that strata talk or beyond that definition let's talk about that there are two million more people out there who favor her approach yeah is yeah. that not frightening? I'm surprised she got two million votes. It's crazy yeah. what they're doing. So to say that it was roughly 62 million people voted for her and 60 for him, does that still send a little bit of a shiver up my spine where I go, Jesus, it's weird out there. Yeah. And to, to watch how violent it's sort of getting about people who disagree with them, does that weird me? Yeah, it does yeah. weird me. That's no, very weird. And, uh, you know, so can I say it's coming back for sure? I can certainly say that with a more certainty than I had, where I was certain it was going to go, that yeah. it had gone over the abyss. I don't know what will happen. I think it's going to be fractious. I think it's going to be hard. Uh, I Trump could, could be a great president because I think a presidency is predicated on what cards you're dealt. 
In other words, Bill Clinton, I think, always rued the day that he was, in an odd way, dealt reasonably tepid cards. He had a great bubble that he rode in the, the val in the Silicon Valley, yeah. and for much of his presidency, there was peace. You know, he had to throw lob a couple bombs into the aspirin factory, and that, but by and large, he didn't have to. And I, I think on one half, on one half, if you're not an egotist, you go, good. This is all I want. Serve the position. Move on. If you're an egotist like him, you want to be uh, at the middle of it all, and it didn't really happen yeah. for him. Trump has been, I don't know how he'll deal with them, but there's certainly the potential for a great presidency, as there is you know, for a not-so-great presidency, but more for an upside, because things are fucked up right now. Yeah. I mean, all Trump would have to do is say, listen, uh, here, I'm going to go to bed for four years. I'm not giving Iran the rest of the money. Because they're fucking nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, at that point, he's in the top ten presidents yeah. at all time. If he just steps up and says, what are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Iran? Cash on a pallet in the middle? Get out of here. Yeah. And I mean, I think the, the you know, there's plenty of indications on, you know, Trump being able to succeed. But I think that, at least as I think about it more casually, the fact that everyone seems to think he can't is is maybe some kind of... You know, not that he wouldn't be driven, but that's like, oh, no, it's okay. You can say that I can't do it, but uh, I'll, I'll show you. Listen, can I tell you, Trump could go in in the first week and say, I've come up with an idea for a health care plan. I'm calling it Obamacare. <laughs> and and reinstitute re the exact same thing, and they would decry it. It, it. People miss the point if they think this is about rewarding competency with accolades. It isn't. It's, it's, it's bifurcated. It's yeah. split. It's a schism. And they're never going to give it up to him. Uh, to that point, I uh, actually copied something you said on uh, Facebook uh, to uh, read here, which I thought was great, uh, that it might be time for red state America and blue state America to simply and peaceably split up. Uh, all income and outlay from blue states stays in the blue states and vice versa. Each sector protects itself from terrorism in their own way. I think everybody would be more than good with this, right? And, I mean, there's... Well, they do hate it yeah. on the, in the blue states, and they hate it in the red exactly. states. Something, you know, everybody's looking for uh, us coming together and concurment. What, what if the concurment was an agreement to split? I mean, yeah. at some point, you got to divvy the albums up. You get quick server messages <laughs> service, I get Tarkus by ELO. Yeah. Red states, you know, blue states, I'm just not that into you anymore. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, it's okay. sort of like a breakup. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, we'll still get together, you know, once in a while, you know, yeah. whatever. And but remember this, you know, that moment where we split up and we meet at the Mississippi <laughs> and somebody has that awkward mixtape you made when you first started dating. You know what? You keep it. It's all right. I, I don't, I don't want Who it Who gets the dog? Uh, as I alluded to, I keep in touch with a lot of our old friends from uh, the message boards mm -hmm. and... Uh, the, there's an overwhelming consensus that they seem to be happy that you seem to be happy. The little snippets that they see of you on O'Reilly, you know, having taken a little bit of a step back, uh, not asking if you have any plans, but just know that these are people who would love for you to still be in their lives. And there were so many posts yeah, about stuff like sweet. that. And I knew you would appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, speaking of O'Reilly, uh, in the uh, always be closing business, Dennis will be out with Bill O'Reilly and Jesse Waters in Tulsa, January 13th. Reading, PA, January 14th, and Omaha, oh, March 24th. You, i got to do some business, too. I don't have much work anymore. No. And you're on Facebook, at Real Dennis Miller. I think I changed that. Well, the, that I, I looked at it before I left, and I think you just go to Facebook and look for you, but it's actually, oh, for okay. some reason, it says that. Uh, but anyway, it I It was got, hard. Remember when I asked you, I, how do I, I rehook this? I couldn't this? even figure it My out. My son figured it out. Oh, He's, you know, Holdy. Yeah, no. He's he, smart. Yeah. He, but it did come to a point where he said, uh, okay, 
I got it to the point where can you guess a password? Oh wow! And, and did you I, just guess a bunch I guessed of old the ones? first one. Oh wow! But I, but not because I thought this is it. I just thought I've got around five passwords I've used over the course yeah. of my life, and I, the first one I guessed, which was an odd one because it wasn't from way far ago yeah. or most recent. It opened up. Oh, so that's great, though. No, and uh, people were very happy to see you back on on Facebook. Uh, our old friend uh, Creepy James actually had a slew of questions, uh, <laughs> so I'll just sort of uh, rattle them off. Uh, do you have a, a best and or worst? I'll give you the choice of uh, doing the radio show. Just sort of a, a memory, whether it's the actual radio show or the process. Yeah, the there. best was probably uh, jamming with you because you were an amazingly quick mind who was. Uh, in sync with me so I used to like that because it was like doing puzzles or something mm -hmm. uh, the worst was I'd say well I towards the end I did not suffer whining well enough at some point it is a cathartic fest it's a salt look yeah. for people calling up with what's bothering them if I felt it was whiny and that's a little too presumptuous on my part maybe it was just organic in their personality I was a shit so that was a big part of me getting out. I said, I'm turning into an asshole. Uh, it's eight years. My contract was up, and I thought, I sh am I going to re-up and become that pissy guy yeah. who's like taking people who are nice enough to listen to him and kind of, you know, jujitsuing it into something rancorous? So and so that was a big part of it. Is uh, I would say the worst part of it was my. But I would defy anybody to try it over eight years. You, yeah. you, you, it just wears you down a little. You start to get, you know, when you hear people, and there are some people who are whiny. Yeah. And that becomes. But like it even, cranks. I mean, it got to a point where you would just let them have their say, you know, and it sort of started to catch on because you would just let them talk. Yeah, there'd be a pause and you'd be like, you good? And that started but to But that used on. to anger you sometimes. So, uh, you know, yeah, it was getting true. on your nerves too. Yeah, I Listen, think it's more it was like a good that. time to yeah. move on. I, I was proud of the eight years. I thought we did a nice radio show. Uh, it was never. I don't think it was ever hugely successful, but I think we we're probably in the top 10 in the country radio show yeah. wise. And I was proud of it. And like I said, it was fun to go. I, you know, I never studied. I'll be candid now because you can't do it when you're working for yeah. somebody. But I, Christian, I was getting up 10 minutes before we went on. I, I remember. but There were honestly, times I was getting up less than that. Yeah. I never looked. I, I would flip on the Drudge Report as yeah. we went on the air. I had no notes. And we would just talk, which was fun. And right? we had an understanding. If something crazy happened, as soon as you checked in, I would tell you. you right, know? because like, I said, like, if, like you if need there to was know a war over yeah, you don't need to know that this happened. And, uh, you know, and then, yeah, it was just the, you know, I'd send, I'd send you a couple of jokes and some things. Like, here's some things to think about for that, that first part of the three hours show. later, when we were finished, I can tell you, I never thought about it until the next morning. Uh, yeah. It was more like doing uh, what are they what is that? i always mispronounce that is it called sudoku Sudoku. Oh, i've heard it both ways yeah my sudoku. mom says sudoku so i'm gonna it was say like that's sudoku correct. yeah every day i enjoyed doing it and like i said my favorite part was jamming with you i used i hadn't had that feeling in a while not because there aren't people out there who aren't brilliant but i, I had only had that feeling with shandling when he was doing the tonight show and we'd go into the room to write jokes and that was fun. It was like you were sitting in session work with somebody. It was like that wrecking crew thing where you saw how much they dug <laughs> yeah. in with each other. 
We had our shorthand on, so that was that became my favorite part of the show. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that was uh, that's when I think back on the show. That's that's what I think about. Occasionally, I'll be like, "Oh, this guest was good. That guest was good." But then I think about how hard we would laugh sometimes just during the breaks, yeah, like and people would be like, "Oh, if only we could hear during the breaks." I'm like, "Nope. If you could hear during the breaks, there'd be no more radio show." Yeah, there was such a stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> What was it, the Doctor Owl, or what was his name? Uh, that was or the no, Burglar Owl. Burglar Owl, and, and then there was something called the Chimp Doctor. The Chimp Doctor. Uh, there may be an appearance from Chimp Doctor later in this episode, so oh, everybody stay tuned. But uh, speaking of uh, Burglar Hour, our friend Farad Muhammad actually wrote in. This is all he Farad's asked. doing comedy now. Yeah, he's he, doing stand-up. Uh, he, send me, uh, he sends me his performances at Zany's in Chicago, yeah. and he's really good. Uh, he's got a bright mind. He's got a nice stage demeanor. He reads it. He's only up there for four minutes. Like, yeah. he, you know, I don't want to give him glad hand, where he says, "What do you think?" Because like, he's kid. my friend. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I say, Ferrand, there's something here. You can. It's like Survivor and the Fire Challenge. You can blow on this spark and get it going, but you, for a four minute thing, you cannot read it. Yeah. Now listen, I take a music stand on stage with me because I'm like thirty years in and. I don't do it as much, so uh, I have a music stand there I can refer to with some notes, but I'm doing an hour and 15 to an hour and a half. I don't, re and like I said, I'm performing once a month now. I don't remember it like I used yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, I've seen those notes. It's it's just little things to, you Yeah, know, but a four-minute yeah. segment at right. Zany's, you've got to go up and have yeah. the four in your head to sell it. Yeah. So he's great. If he really wants to dive in, he could be a... A uh, great stand-up comedian. Yeah. Uh, well, to finish up on Farad, he uh, all he asks is, "Who me?" Which is in fact what the uh, burglar, <laughs> burglar hour is. Uh, now I have yet to see it, but uh, our friend Salman has started doing stand-up. He had a, a hot set at the Ice House in Pasadena, and uh, I'm going to miss the next one because I'm going to be in New Orleans for a weekend. But uh, I, uh, I I think you know he'll he'll run jokes by me, and you know you joke, you know man. him, and uh, it's. If he delivers it the way that he does when we sit around and have lunch, I, I can't imagine him not being good. Yeah, it's just the, the negative uh, component yeah. of yeah. it makes me laugh uproariously. Yeah. There's nothing more than uh, hangdog genius. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know what? How about a plug for him? At D Weiss Comedy on Twitter uh, from our D friend. W-E-I-S-S? -S? Yeah. Because I always hear these people blow through these That's things true. where you can find it, and I think... What did they just say? That's true. I, I work on a show where they give my Twitter of at Blackcast, and I'm like, I don't need to have him say DT, so, you know, spell it out, but I'm like, nobody gets that, you know? Yeah, but so, you do have to ask him. It's, I, it's I such should, a unique actually, last yeah. name. What, yeah. are you, what are you doing the plug for? I'm like, <laughs> you're going to get the get info. No, that's a good point. You're right, Sammy. I'm going to... Like, they hear Blackcast and aren't supposed to think it's B-L-A-T-C-A-S-T. <laughs> yeah, right. Which... Oh, there's a D in there. Of course there's a D and in there. And a Cedilla. There. What the fuck? <laughs> Give them the... Spell it. You're right. I'll, I'll have him write it out. Uh, a couple short questions from uh, Creepy James. Just sort of a gut reaction. Uh, Marvel or DC? Uh, Marvel. I'm right there with you, sir. Uh, is I'll, I'll rephrase this. Is your uh, wife still a, a big fan of uh, Bibi Netanyahu? That would come up on the show a lot. And uh, yes. people, uh, he I, wanted to know. Him I think she finds him sexy. Uh, I liked this one. When the music comes on and the beat is on point, what are your best dance moves? <laughs> I used to do... Uh, no, I can't. Just the... Just mentally repeating some of that shit was giving me the high. Okay, so, no problem. Uh, I, but I do like the, the male plaud to the dance floor. The, oh. the, uh, the women would get up out of the chair and 
gracefully and sexually segue to the dance, whereas the men would come up like the stone ape from the Herculoids and then commence a dancing after a three, two, one countdown. That's my favorite moment, that awkward passage. Uh, our friend uh, Sam Whitfield was wondering if you have advice for aspiring comedians. Mm-mm. Yeah, I... Uh, one... I always told you that. That guy's dead in the water. Yeah. You know, there's always a killer in the room who looks at you like, fuck you, old man, I'm going to yeah. take you down. <laughs> Drake Sather gave me that look. <laughs> I told you that great story where Jay was giving me the lecture this. and he looks up. Jay's got a pipe. Literally, he's got a pipe and an Arthur Conan Doyle hat on. Hey, you always do your best. He gives his five tied, tried and tested tropes and gets to the end. Drake takes a hit on the cigarette. He's unknown at this point. He ends up writing Zoolander. He's a brilliant comedian. Yeah. He's a genius. God rest his soul, he's passed. But uh, Drake takes a hit on the cigarette. He goes, thanks, Jay, but I have a father. <laughs> <laughs> That guy's going to make it. Yeah. The that kid who says, uh, do you have any advice? What can I do? Yeah. He's dead because it's so circuitous and tough that you have to, you have to be hard. You just, yeah, you definitely have to have a feel for what it is. And, you know, without patting myself on the back, I like to feel like I'm funny. I never felt like stand-up was really the best thing for me. I, I, there was a whole thing that no, went with it. stand-up funny. Well, thank you. I, I, but you, you, I, you have to have an indomitability. It yeah. can't even be a question. Yeah. You can't even have that thought. Right, right it's there. It's just where... like yeah. uh, you run... Th- it's like hitting boards with Kung Fu or yeah. or you have to you see know beyond exactly. two boards. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't, you're not even trying to break the board. You're trying to break an invisible board three boards down. Yeah. That's stand-up. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, uh, although my wife keeps encouraging me, so you know. But uh, yeah, you would have yeah. been a great stand-up. Well, but you. at some point, I when I respect people, I owe it to them not to be some some <laughs> fucking nag about yeah. here's what you should here's do. what you need to do. Uh, I had an interesting friend, uh, an interesting conversation with our old friend uh, Carl from New Hampshire. I was on his radio show a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about how he, you know, he does a little bit of stand-up throughout New England, and he's just avoiding the political uh, material and just talking about his kids and other stuff because it's, you know, whatever he has to say. He was a very big Trump guy, and he's just like, you know what, there's going to be people who laugh, there's going to be people who actually, like, boo or groan, and he's like, it's not worth the headache, so. Yeah, I've kind of painted myself into a corner being known as a topical comedian so it's where my it's my rice bowl but I agree that you're trying to please the entire room the worst thing you can do is politics yeah definitely Uh, oh our friend Michael Hausen wants to know if he ran into you and he gave you a shalom aloha would that be returned with the appropriate aloha shalom yeah, sure. You know, I'm pretty yeah. good with people unless uh, I get a weird vibe off and then I, I say I'm not Dennis. <laughs> right. Like, you know, I whenever anybody lot. says, are you Dennis Miller, I'll just say, no, but I hear that a lot. Yeah. Because well, at that point. Because if they're going to ask it that way. They're, yeah. They're, I don't know. It's just easier for them, for me. But if somebody comes up and says something inside where I know they, I usually give them a hug and say, hey, yeah. thanks for listening. Yeah, you can be very uh, unassuming when you're not, I'm using air quotes, on. Uh, we were at the Orleans to see you once, and my wife recognized you in the morning after just walking around, and she's like, is that Dennis? I'm like, I don't think, hey, it is. And uh, yeah, but uh, I knew it was you. If so you tilt your eyes down just a little, mm-hmm. you can walk anywhere. Anybody who gets recognized is 
yeah. looking to get recognized. It's like, oh, I really hope I don't get recognized. And anybody today. who surrounds, <laughs> how, how long you know me? I'm never going on the road yeah. with anybody. I don't have anybody with That's me. That's true. No, <laughs> that gets although, you recognized. <laughs> although we had some fun on the road a, a couple of times. Yeah, but I mean, you and me as peers. Yeah. But I'm talking about uh, a uh, what is it called? A road manager? Yeah, publicity. You don't roll deep when you uh, hit the road. Uh, our friend Lynn B. Uh, says hmm. that she wanted to give you the responsibility for erasing cruise to Antarctica off the bucket list because I guess she got the sense that it smelled bad. And I, I had to talk to you after you got back from it. I'm like, I thought you had a great time. I mean, well, not I that she great, has to go. had a great, great time, but yeah. the penguins do stink like yeah. way beyond. <laughs> and she's a sweet woman. That was one of my first signs I was starting to get twitchy is I, I got into it with her once. Oh, and I felt okay. so bad about that. I, I thought, I'm missing, you get ground down being on the radio. Yeah. And you know how you and I and Salmon would play so rough. Yeah. And you start That's assuming true. that everybody plays rough. Like in, in stand-up comedy, in writer's rooms, yeah. it's, folks, I can't tell you how brutal it is as far as don't bring thin skin into it. Yeah. Not that she did. No, no, no. She had civilian reaction yeah. to me getting like i said you can't play fast and loose with people who are she's one of the loveliest women i know she so was so sweet, sweet yeah. to me she carried me through dark days when i didn't think anybody was listening or cared or and then once i, I had a dust up with her and i thought christ you're missing the point so that was one of those moments where i i think i've said i'm sorry to her over the years if i haven't i say i'm sorry now but the sweetest woman uh, yeah. really just a soulful great dame and I was butting heads with her for a few moments I, I think I remember you saying you're being an asshole I can't remember I, I, yeah which I, is you know that was one of the the few things that you ever told me was uh, just let me know when I'm being an asshole and I don't think I told you that many times yeah but know? I am an asshole once in a while sure. but I, everybody anytime, is, everybody's yeah. an asshole yeah. it's just you're an asshole who gets heard because you have a show or yeah. something but you get ground down, you're tired. There are times you dig doing it. That's one thing I would say. I wouldn't give advice on being a stand-up because you're dead in the water <laughs> if you ask for advice. Yeah. But if you want to be a radio host, I would just tell you, man, you can't be disappointed with it when it gets bad or you can't be too exultant about it when it gets good because yeah. it shows up every day <laughs> for three hours, five days a week for eight years. <laughs> And sometimes you're on the air thinking, Christ, I shouldn't even be on the air right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, and I think that that's a great barometer because, yeah, Lynn B., definitely one of the sweetest people. Uh, last fall, she was in California. She and her sister drove up from, I don't even know where, they, she just really wanted to take me to lunch, and, and she met Felix. We went to Bob's Big Boy. It was so sweet, and I, I you know, it's like, it's great because... You know, sure, there were people who called in. You're like, well, that that person's a weirdo, or that person's a real pain in the ass. But some of the people were so sweet, and mm -hmm. uh, she's, you know, she. It, I still have an alarm, a cheap alarm clock she bought. Oh, me. that's right. Remember years ago, I, I ran into her at St. Elmo's Steakhouse yeah. with her beloved husband, I and I think rest that. in peace, right? Yes, correct. Passed, yes, he did. They were so in love and so sweet. And I had said on the radio that one of my favorite things to do was go into drugstores and look at cheap alarm <laughs> clocks, which I really do like yeah. for some reason. And she bought me a, the most effective cheap alarm clock ever. And I still have it. I don't use it as an alarm clock, but I kept it as a memento of her friendship. Uh, and another sweet person, uh, Terry and Temecula, not so much yeah. a question. Uh, she just says, 
she misses you because she needs someone to talk to about George Harrison, Waylon Jennings, and Orson Welles. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, the Black Cast is always a home for that. And uh, she uh, she actually is still convinced that Felix's name is George. She felt like I needed to name him after George Harrison. So whenever there's a picture that I post on Facebook, she's like, oh, George is so cute. And I like I like her yeah. her dedication to the bit. Oh, I was at Friar Park uh, a couple months ago, George's home. Oh wow! And spent the day there and was looking at memorabilia. And I have to tell you, I did think of Terry oh. because I thought Terry, this would be the Louvre yeah. for her. I mean, I'm walking through the the uh, you know his home studio and just seeing stuff that's so you know you see the guitar from the roof. Uh, at Apple, the guitar from Bangladesh concert, the guitar uh, from the Sullivan show, you know, they're all on the wall. It's like it's crazy. crazy. Wow. Um, uh, moving on a very different note, our friend Jean Beretta, very simple question. Rita Hayworth or Sophia Loren? Rita Hayworth. In Gilda. We'll, dis- to, uh, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, Steve Reynolds wants to know, are you canning the season, Dennis? <laughs> Since... Christian was my, I'm a, you know me, I'm phobic about botulism. Yes. Since I, I don't know, I don't know the Celsius and centigrade like you do. I, without you in the sidecar, I'm no longer canning because I don't want to. Yeah. I remember I told you once that I ate a can of tuna when I was like 17. I remember I had this old Fiat that I could hardly start and I ate a can of tuna that had a dent in the lid. <laughs> And then read an article about botulism. <laughs> and this, I had eaten the tuna two hours earlier reading some article. And I went and circled the local hospital on the off chance. <laughs> That's how nuts I was. <laughs> uh, but uh, you're still with us, so clearly it was a... It, yeah, it, it was, was a, a solid cat of chunks. <laughs> star kiss. I, I hope in water, not oil. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, let's see, a couple more. Uh Mark Hunt, who is also known as Rafe Gutman, he wants to know if you still have the uh, the Hanson Brothers bobbleheads. If you remember those yeah, guys, yeah, I do. Yeah, I have them in my office. Yeah, I love those. They're and, beautiful. Uh, yeah, that's a, that was those a great gift great. from them. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's stuff that I got from the radio show that I was happy to give away or throw away, mm-hmm. donate, whatever. There's a few things like that. I'm like, I don't I don't even know how I ended up with a set of them. So thank you, and uh, that's one. Uh, Rowdy wants to know uh, how do you think Ray Donovan's holding up these days. You're still watching. Well, I'm a, yeah, I've watched every one, and uh, there are some things that are just a little too shocking for me because I'm kind of a square, but all in all, you know, John is unbelievable, John Voight, and uh, I, I love the cast. I think they're all great. And there's a couple things that were for shock value there too much for me, but like I said, I'm, I'm not the gauge. I'm, I'm a square, but I have watched every one, still enjoy it, and we'll watch it again. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and he's great, uh, uh, Leah Schreiber. And, uh, of course, uh, John Voight. Uh, that was a question I didn't get to. Somebody, somebody's wanted to know if you, if you ever think about uh, how much you miss Liev, our Liev, from the radio show. He was a sweet guy, but I, I guess I wanted him to stay. I guess I should, should I answer these seriously? Yeah, I'd say Lovely I, know, I know what your answer is. And he's doing great, fine. right? Yeah, he is a morning co-host on the country station yeah, in L.A. He's, he's huge. Yeah. I'm so happy for him. Yeah. Uh, 
It's just I needed them to study our board a little more because, yeah. I, I, listen, it sounds self-important. I don't mean it to be. We had five jokes that yeah. made me laugh, and I needed them to hit the button quickly. So it comes down to that where I said, why don't you just stay for an hour and familiarize yourself? And he never would, and therefore I sort of I remember checking out on him, saying, listen, I'll never fire you. I don't fire people. You can do whatever you want, and you're a lovely cat. You're a sweet guy. Uh, but uh, I don't depend on you anymore. And, yeah. and that's that weird part of me where I can just uh, bring a scythe down. On, yeah. uh, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I was fond of him in my own w weird way, but I didn't depend on him anymore because you know it would have been easy just to review the board. Yeah. Uh, one of our running jokes, of course, was, uh, and I mean ours, it was shared, but it was obviously you came up with uh, This is Starship, and uh, Jason Blair has a very specific question. Who counts the money underneath Mickey Thomas's bar? And who rides the wrecking ball in Grace Slick's two rock guitars? Uh, very specific, very deep. Like, knee that's, deep yeah, in the knee hoopla. Deep in the hoopla. <laughs> exactly. Um, the, uh, what did that come from? I just, I remember thinking that uh, it was like Black Ots and Sketches for yeah. Nichols and May. Right, exactly. That I thought, oh, an FM disc jockey's entire career is not built on inspiration but yeah. rather bringing the guillotine blade down when yeah. it fits or when it's time to go to the song hitting the post they call it yeah, is that what a, it's called 46 degrees here instead of bar starship. yeah exactly you got to get the this is starship into the right point because if there's even that nanosecond you're that, not doing that your job thing, see I, it's hard to explain what makes you laugh yeah. but that uh Frison, yeah, it makes me laugh uproariously yeah, so in life. Rhythms like that. If somebody who got that, they understood why that was funny. That's a good sense of humor. Somebody who understands why the Casey Kasem outtakes are funny. That's someone who's funny. You know, we worked with that guy who didn't think they were funny yeah. because of, yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, the final question, uh, actually, if you don't mind, it's for you. It'll be answered <laughs> by an old friend. It's the bottom of the page there. Dear Chimp Doctor, I'm asking for a friend. Once in a while, her whole body becomes really itchy. The itching is almost unbearable. Apart from the sensation, there are no visible redness, rashes, or swellings. But if she scratches using her nails, then red, swollen rashes appear. The itching is not localized any place. It's all over the body. She's been to the doctor multiple times, but every time she's prescribed antihistamines, and the doctor really has no clue what's up. What, Jim Doctor, can it be? Hoo-hoo! Good to see you, my boy. <laughs> good You're to good see man. you, sir. I love you like I a really son appreciate or you a taking brother. the time. And, nice uh, to talk to you all out there. I'm uh, sorry if I've been. Uh, well, when I quit something, I quit hard. <laughs> you quit hard. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. But that's been my MO for a long time. Remember we had that talk show where the guy wanted to fire me on the cable? Oh, the CNBC yeah, show. Yeah, he said, yeah. we'd like if you want to come in and wrap up. It was Wednesday. Yeah, By Friday, yeah. we're going to let you go. And I said, Brother, if I don't have to drive in tomorrow, <laughs> whack me now. He said, you don't want to make an announcement? I said, what, did I get whacked? Yeah. No, you say whatever you want. <laughs> I'm pretty bloodless about it. Yeah. So I, I, I miss those moments, uh, but uh, if it makes sense, I don't miss doing it anymore. Right. There's, there's a... Show's the, over. The long sprint uh, was, wasn't for you, but there are, you know, a couple of jogs in between. Anyway, I have a little something for you. What is uh, this? Your very own Black Cast wow. t-shirt, our friend Matt and KC. Uh, so if I ever receive even one photo of you wearing it, I'll consider that a, a huge success. Uh, I, if you look at it, I ripped off the logo from Spider-Man, the old Spider-Man logo from the <laughs> 60s. Uh, yeah, it's a, and they were like, what do you want it to look like? I'm like, oh, I don't know, the Spider-Man logo. And so it's exactly what it is. Our friend Matt and KC had those made. And... Uh, 
I'm honored that you're even holding one. But anyway, thank you so much, Dennis. I appreciate uh, right, it. I love you. I'll I talk to that. you soon, and we'll see you next time on the Blackcast. Oh.